Last day before the final home game of the 2021 regular season. I can't, Ryan, I can't believe we're here already. Ryan Snyder, our recruiting insider for On3 with me today. How has the season been for you as we kind of dwindle down here last home game, second to last week of the season? It always goes so fast, man. Yeah. Um, sometimes that's a good thing, uh, especially when, you know, you, that's your life uh, as far as working. So, you know, you never want those long drawn out days, right? You know, that, that's yeah. like the worst job. You don't ever want to look at the clock and it moves a minute. So I guess from a work perspective, it's not always the worst thing that it goes quick because these are always really busy days. But I mean, as far as Penn State's play, I predicted eight and four. So kind of. I mean, you know, seven and five looks like a, another realistic possibility, depending on Michigan State. But it kind of won as I expected. Obviously, I didn't expect them to lose to Illinois. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I didn't think this was a perfect team coming in. I know fans got incredibly excited about that and, and for good reason after that Auburn win. But, um, you know, I, we always knew that if, it, if Sean Clifford got hurt, man, there were going to be issues. And that's kind of how it played out. So. Yeah, yeah. And we'll get into Penn State Rutgers at the end, as we always do during Ryan Snyder's best bets, when he gives you where to put your Friday fun money as we head into the college football weekend. Uh, but first, we have to get to the recruiting news, because as Ryan is our insider for On3, he's got the scoop on the future of the Penn State Nittany Lions. And uh, uh, I got to tell you, uh, Ryan, I'm so glad you're here to talk about that because I am done talking about facilities and infrastructure. I'm straight up done with it. I, 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 we're going to talk about it more in the offseason, I'm sure, and it's very important, but like, let's talk about some football. So what do you got for us? 2022, heading into the final stretch. Uh, we've got some more Jay Sean Barham news from what you tell me. Well, just one thing real quick. I think we're going to hear some good news from James here soon, so uh, I, I don't think we're going to be talking about facilities too long. I think we're going to – I think – go ahead. I was going to say, that's what he was insinuating the other night, and it sounds like yeah. that's that's coming down the pipeline pretty soon. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it'll be this upcoming week. I think it could be this upcoming week, though. I'll say that. So we'll see what happens, but there's a behind the scenes. It seems like Don't you tempt people, me. Don't you I tempt me. <laughs> it, I think something's coming. I think something's coming. It, that, there was a lot of rumors, and now it feels like over the last day or two, something's shifted, and a lot of people are hitting it's coming so okay. let's see go there uh yeah but jay sean barham everybody wants to know about jay sean barham right yep. well here's an update he's going to oklahoma this weekend so <laughs> is that the update you wanted because that's what's happening um again jay sean's a very quiet person he does not open up to the media much and from talking to penn state people he doesn't open up really a whole lot to coaches either and that's not necessarily a bad thing it doesn't mean uh, penn state needs to do a better job recruiting him or anything you just you have a handful of those recruits every year who are just quiet. They kind of keep to themselves. Andre Roy was the great example, his teammate at St. Francis. Um, just just kind of a quiet individual, keeps to himself, and uh, it's hard for everybody to read. So the fact that we know he's going to Oklahoma is an interesting one because a couple, I would say maybe about three, four weeks ago, it felt like visits might be done. You know, he had the opportunity to go to Florida. He didn't go to Florida. And, you know, the, the talk was that a hey, visits might be done here and we could see a move in end of October, November. You know, of course, again, Jay Sean didn't say that. That was all coming secondhand. And uh, now it's looking like we could see a visit or even two, you know. So I'll be curious to see what happens with Florida because that was another school we were watching. But he is expected to go for an official visit to Oklahoma this weekend. Oklahoma is a quality program. And the longer this drags out, it's 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 just harder to get a read you know the more yeah. schools you add to it i'm already having problems reading penn state sources from this stuff and now we're going to add another school to the mix so i feel like this is definitely just 
all signs point to this going to um, you know December fifteenth, the early signing period, because he is he is expected to be an early enrollee. And that one was thing my, I have learned. Yeah, ahead. that was my next question of what's the timeline? Is he going to go to the late signing period? But he's going to be an early enrollee, so this is coming down to the wire, right? Yeah. Well, the one thing people are mentioning to me is that he may actually enroll at a couple schools, which tells me he's still pretty indecisive. Oh. Uh, you know, he doesn't know what he wants to do. So he can enroll at Penn State. He can enroll at Maryland and Oklahoma. He could he could send that out to a couple places uh, and then ultimately um, you know decide on one at the end. So whenever I'm hearing that kind of talk, it feels like this is going to go down to the to the end. But again, if I could interview the kid, I could give you a lot better uh, interviews or better information. I'm just kind of all getting everything secondhand. That's all you can do sometimes. Yeah, and it, the, the picture you paint is exactly what I think everyone is feeling. So that, I think, is a fair thing. And by the way, the ability to enroll at more than one university at the same time, that's not a bad gig if you can have it come out of college. Not only to be well, accepted nice. to them, but also yeah. be enrolled at them. That's, that's next level. Yeah. I didn't know you could do yeah. that. Well, yeah, I mean, you can, I guess maybe enroll is the right, wrong word, but, you know, just apply the, and, 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 yeah, just beginning the process. Enroll might gotcha. not be the right word for that, but just kind of, I mean, when you're on scholarship, you know, you can put it into all these places because you know you're going to be for free um, and you don't really have to put money down. So we'll see what happens there. That's kind of the talk that uh, I'm getting right now from Penn State people. We'll, we'll try and get a better feel for how the Oklahoma visit went last week, but, again, <laughs> uh, just don't hold your breath for that. It's it's going to be it's going to be a quiet one down the stretch. We've talked about the offensive line a lot this year, and we've talked about the offensive line a lot this week. And Penn State still, it seems, from what you're telling me, is interested in adding another offensive lineman in the class of 2022. Mm-hmm. What's the picture there? Because it sounds like it shifted a little bit. Yeah, so we were talking about Julian Armella a couple weeks ago. Uh, there was talk about him coming for a Michigan official visit. Didn't happen. Uh, then uh, you know even. I'd say a day or two before the Michigan game, there was talk, oh, maybe he'll come to Rutgers for an official visit. Well, that's not happening either. And just from talking to Penn State people, I, I just I don't I don't get the sense they're pushing as as hard there as I as I once felt. Uh, but there is another name that I think we need to start watching, and that's going to be Gunnar Gibbons, the Virginia Tech commit um, from from Virginia. You know, we knew. Penn State was up and down on him. Uh, at, this was this was what way back in probably uh, springtime, you know, after a, a camp or two that you know wasn't the best. But but then after that, and 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 you know, they started to collect more film and see some more things. They their interest grew and grew and grew. And of course, Penn State was top two at the end. You know, they, it came down to Virginia Tech and Penn State, and, and he ultimately sided with Vatech. But uh, with Justin Fuente getting fired now, there's a little bit of talk that uh, Penn State might consider going after him now i'll say this is really early i mean penn state i mean obviously fronte was just what fired what two days ago right uh, this is all just kind of happening uh so i don't want people to think that penn state's now going to just all of a sudden go all out um basically what i'm just trying to say though is that they are discussing it behind the scenes i'm sure they're going to reach out to him a little bit feel some things out it's it's it's, it's kind of hard putting the kids on the spot too right after a coach is fired right i mean if yeah. You, yeah penn state just going all out right after fuente i, I just that's probably not a good move. That's not, that's not even, that's not a, that's not what Penn state does in those situations. Yeah. They, they kind of take the cool, the cool approach. Hey, you figure out what's best for you. We're here for you. Kind of approach. Allow a bit of um, a grieving process for that decision you made to be <laughs> undone. Mean, it's actually kind of a, that's kind of a good analogy in some yeah. ways, but uh, well, it makes sense. Yeah, so I mean, I, you, you had your whole future set, you had this thing that you were imagining and now it mm-hmm. is not, it's no longer. So you've got to kind mm-hmm. of mentally readjust. So that makes sense. Yeah. 
yeah, so we'll see. Uh, but th that's just a name I'm starting to hear that they're discussing. Now, whether they decide to go all out, you know, I'll, I'll try and keep you guys updated in a, in a week from now, and we'll see what we hear. But uh, he's definitely a name just kind of popping up on the radar. One other name, too, I do want to mention is Rutgers linebacker Moses Walker. Uh, so I've getting getting a lot of questions about him, you know, especially with Barham. I mean, it is clear they definitely want to add a linebacker. I think Penn State fans remember <laughs> Barham's uh, commitment video, which was kind of a slap at Penn State, and then he committed to Rutgers. If you haven't seen it, um, oh I yeah, I remember that now. Do you remember this, Steve Frank? It's yeah, kind of. Yeah, everything like in the beginning was lining up as if like I'm committing to Penn State, and then it just kind of is a slap in the face. Um, yeah. Oh no, actually, no, no. He tweeted at Franklin, is what it was. He act. He actually uh, tagged Franklin in the tweet. I think is what it was. It was. It was interesting. Anyway, um, anyone who, who remembers that knows what I'm talking about. So, But the long story short there is is that Penn State is kind of still talking to him. So I'll be curious to see if if he would be somebody that they would add late. Uh, obviously, he's committed to Rutgers. Penn State plays Rutgers this weekend. I'm sure uh, Penn State always wants to you know beat Rutgers the best they can. Whether they'll be able to do that this week, we'll see. But he is just another name I'm hearing that they are chipping away at. They haven't really ever stopped pursuing. But he's another guy who's just kind of quiet, difficult to read. I wouldn't I, – I, I put it this way. I, I would think that they'd have a better chance with Gunnar Givens just from knowing previous histories there and kind of how relationships work. But, you know, it's it's silly season, man. We're coming down the stretch here before signing day. Things yeah. get goofy this time of the year, so we'll so, see. Uh, two, two things come out of this that I'm interested in, and I want to get your read on it. And I know one of them is a conversation we've already had, but this year in particular kind of puts into relief – I think where you'd be, as much as Penn State fans are upset with the offensive line, imagine where they would be without Eric Wilson. Mm -hmm. Now, they, I know Spencer Rowland is a part of this class already, so he's already factored into this. But with these guys that you're talking about, this feels like Penn State, as they've always done, is they want to go find more young players. They want to get more lottery tickets when it comes to the upside of talented players at a high school. Is the conversation still centered around do we need guys at certain positions to play next year? And mm -hmm. do we really want to allocate these resources to these players that realistically Gunnar Givens and Moses Walker, honestly, I haven't watched their film, but they're not going to step on and be no. positive contributors in year one. There's just no way. So is no. that a part of the conversation that they're having or is it the player themselves, whether or not they're a take for Penn State? Yeah, no, I mean, it's all it's all part of it. I mean, okay. it, listen, if, if a couple awesome guys jump in the transfer portal tomorrow, everything could shift, right? right. Uh, all of a sudden, oh, here's here's a guy that we were top three with uh, back in 2019. He's in the portal now. He just started last year, you know, ha graded out as 72 on PFF. They, they see potential. You know, I, I use PFS as an example because that's what we use. But, you yeah. know, they, they do all their own tracking with that stuff. And they use a similar system for, for, for the record. But... Yeah, I mean, if, if, if somebody they see jumps in the portal, has a little bit of experience, watches the tape, you know, sees a couple things, feels like there's potential to grow, Gunnar Gibbons gets thrown to the side. I mean, yeah. that's just how it works at this time of the year, especially when you have limited scholarships. So there's so many things we're going to – I mean, this is about to get wild here. We're going to have guys going out. I mean, there's it's already, I feel like um, – you can already point to a handful of guys I think are just inevitably – they are going to be out of the program here soon. Yep. And, and yep. you know – they're going to need transfers to come in. If people have been hitting to me at that behind the scenes that uh, hitting a portal here is, is 
definitely becoming more and more important yep. uh, as the season goes on and, and some of those holes pop out. So, yeah, I, I feel like that's definitely the case. But, you know, they, they just got to keep recruiting these 2022 guys because you just never know what's going to happen in the portal. So you keep chipping away at them. You see where you're at December 15th. and So many plates are spinning in the air. Like It, it is it is the delicate mm-hmm. balancing act on top of actually trying to win football games on the field. It, it's mm-hmm. I, I the, there is nothing. I was thinking about this today. There is nothing like being a college football coach when it comes to like the amount of things you have to keep track of and the amount of hours that are put into this stuff. So, you know, I, I just, that's, that's crazy to think about all those things to kind of have to kick the can down the line a little bit with these guys and, and not give anyone any information, but also keep everyone on the line. That's so much to balance. Which is why I don't ever considered Matt rule a serious option to come here. If Matt rule uh, doesn't get fired. You know, like, I, I don't... How many NFL coaches... Uh, like, okay, you can point to Nick Saban. But how many NFL coaches willingly go back to college? It's right. a very low number. And it's because of things like this. You know, it's because of all the boosters and all the little things you got to do. You know, it's just... The coaches, for the most part... I mean, don't get me wrong. There also are coaches who just fit college football better. And James right. Franklin is pretty high on that list of yep. this guy's a college coach. This is and and this is and, what he know, does. Of, yeah. And it's because he's a great recruiter. And many of those guys are because recruiting is their strength uh, more than anything else. So but but like I just remember the Matt Rule talk and you know obviously his teams are winning a little bit now. I, I just I never thought he'd be out this year anyway. But um, to me, that was always silly if Matt Rule wasn't let go. So I don't think it's going to matter. Like I said earlier, I, I think James is coming back. I think we're going to hear news um, within, I will say, weeks, but maybe next week. We'll see. And uh, we'll go from there. It, it, and then the, the final question kind of wrapping all of this up is, what's the likelihood of getting all the hay in the barn? The guys that you've got now mm-hmm. in the class of 2022, what's your confidence factor in getting all of them to the finish line, either in the early signing period or their intended signing period if it is the second one? Yeah, uh, well, you know, Greg and I talked about uh, Katron Allen in our in our recruiting podcast earlier in the week. I feel better. Oh, I, I never felt like he was like, oh god, he's going to Florida State. He's gone. You know, that never really. It's Florida State. Really, I mean, I know he's from. Yeah. I, I know he goes to IMG, but it's not like you're looking at Florida State right now and going, you know what? There's an opportunity to be great mm-hmm. at Florida State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I just from talking to some some friends or friends, I'll say colleagues, whatever you want to call it. I mean. I'm not even sure how hard Florida State's pursuing him. Like, I don't think he's their number one running back target right now for 2022. I think he's actually maybe second or third. Uh, but whenever you get the chance to host somebody, you're gonna you're gonna take it. And Penn State does it all the time. I mean, they're they're hosting guys um, this weekend. A 2022 gave Octavian Smith, who you know they like, but like I don't see him getting an offer and and coming. Like my point is just that you got to host guys whenever you can host them, and that kind of felt like what that visit is. So. We'll, we'll see how things uh, progress, but right now I, I I feel like as long as James Franklin's the head coach here and probably, you know, Jaywan Sider being the running back coach because they have a good relationship, uh, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be here. Now, with that said, again, silly season. This is, this is what November 20th to uh, December 15th is. Uh, things change quickly. There, there's there's guys who behind the scenes have been keeping, keeping it quiet. You know, maybe mm-hmm. they are a little – uh, second guessing their original decision, I guess you could say, and, and things happen. So would I be shocked if there's a decommitment? Absolutely not. I feel like we see it more years than not. Uh, but from 
the guys I talk to, uh, especially the guys in the region, you know, the, the guys that um, are way more open about Penn State, the guys that talk to us a lot, I don't see any of them guys going anywhere. It'd be those yeah. guys that are kind of down south who don't talk to us much or Andre Roy. He's in the region, too. He doesn't talk to us much, and um, he's, he's just very difficult to read. Th- those yeah. would be the ones that would make the most sense. But, you know, nobody at Penn State seems to be all that concerned right now. So he seems like an interesting kid either way, Andre Roy. Like, he just yeah. seems like he's going to be a fascinating one to watch throughout his career. I just don't know him. Yeah, yeah. I just, I've been trying to get to know him, and um, it's it's been difficult. So we will see. But – I, I, again, the core group, you know, those Caden Saunders, the, you know, the Drew Allers, the yeah. uh, the Nick Singletons, you know, those guys that are within the region and are open with us and we have good relationships with. I mean, I don't see anything happening there. No. So and, and something Greg brought up on the Tuesday show that you jogged my memory about that I thought was super interesting. And and speculation is always this is a little bit uh, too far. But you the, the idea that at least one guy every year is moving on from their position. Uh, I thought that was very interesting, and I, I immediately came to mind of one guy that I thought might have a similar area of, like, he performed so well that people are going to be looking at his position because Penn State safeties have been phenomenal this year. And I can see, like, if you're if you're looking for success and then poaching, I there's, there's one guy who's had a phenomenally good season that I don't think enough people are talking about. And, uh, that would be my one guy. I just wanted, I wanted to have a conversation with you that you had on mm-hmm. Tuesday, you know, right now, but that's all I had to mm-hmm. say. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, I mean, I get it. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's likely to, uh, I mean, there's, yeah. there's a change every year. So, uh, he, he's a good pick. Um, you know, Brent Pry is, is I think the, maybe the best, I mean, everybody points to Yurchis as being the best assistant. I, I'm personally kind of more of a pry guy. I know, you know, people get upset sometimes when they're in, um, you know, prevent defenses and some silly things that happen there. But they lost the game I, against I Michigan in man coverage, so you're never going to win like that. You're never going to yeah. win that particular conversation. So, no, I agree. I mean, the, the way the defense has played has been phenomenal this year. Yeah, I mean, I just to me, like from a school looking in at this staff, he would be the guy. But I think Brent Pry has had his opportunity as well, and his family seems incredibly comfortable here. And yeah, I think he's just—I don't know—you know—not everybody wants to be a head coach, so it's tough for me to say that without. without I always appreciate guys like that too, where where not that he couldn't be, but he knows what he is and what he wants, and Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be an ego thing of I've got to be the lead guy. I want to win. And so many coordinators, you know, one of the guys that always comes to mind is Rex Ryan was was one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL. Could never be a head coach, but the ego got in the way. And mm-hmm. it, so people who know their who know what they are and want to be a part of the winning formula, I, I think that's so valuable. And keeping a guy like yeah. Brent Pry around is, is a huge part of that because because of exactly what you just said. Uh, let's let's mm-hmm. look ahead to 2023 now. Josh Miller. Opened up about his commitment. We got a little more details about the teased thing and then kind of what you were saying about you thought long and hard that it was going to be a Penn State commitment. What did he have to say about that? And by the way, if you want to read the full interview, you can go to blueeyedillustrated.com. It's an On3 Plus article. Sign up for just $1 for On3 to read all of this stuff we're talking about from Ryan Snyder. But give us some tidbits about what was going on with Josh Miller. I was trying to see if I had a dollar over here. I was going to do what you did last <laughs> night. Anyway, we bought our uh, turkey yes. today, so all my dollars are gone. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, Josh uh, gave a great interview with Joseph Hastings. He's our colleague who covers uh, Clemson. Uh, he he's uh, Joe's. Joe doesn't have children like me, so he can he can travel around a little bit uh, on a Wednesday and a Tuesday. And uh, he went up to meet with Josh at Life Christian Academy. And uh, long story short, he did a great interview and, and sent me the quotes, and, and I wrote it up then. So I just want to make sure Josh uh, or Joe gets the credit for that for that interview. But uh, long story short, here uh, Josh really opened up and, and was honest that yeah, he was committing to Penn State. I mean, he said that uh, he had a talk with Penn State about this at the Illinois game, and and you know. James flat out asked him, hey, man, are, are we are we still on for November 2nd? And he admitted that that was the case. And and we knew that. I mean, behind the scenes, if we're, if we're putting in future casts, usually kind of know that. I'm just being honest there. So uh, I had no doubts that he was committing to Penn State. And then we got to basically November. Well, it was probably probably more so Halloween, October 31st, where it started kind of hearing uh, from his coaches that, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. He kind of starting to second guess himself. And that's fine. Like, that's OK. I, I, I respect yeah, I respect 2023 guys that do that. I mean, his his father passed away uh, from cancer, and I believe it. I believe it was his birthday that day. I, I yeah, that November second was his birthday, so he wanted to do something special, and which I completely get. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the same time, this is a major decision. I'm sure his father would tell him not to rush it. You know, at the yeah. same time, and do what's yeah. best for you. So, and that's and that's what he that's what he realized. And Penn State's the same way. I mean, Penn State every time some of before someone commits to Penn State, you know, it's it's like one of the last questions they have. It's just, are you sure you're 100% in? Is there any doubt that you have? You know, because you, if you are, we, we're we okay with you waiting. You know, we want yeah. you, of course, but, you know, we, we don't want you to be one of those guys who's going to commit and then decommit later and then things get messy. So this was fine with Penn State. Uh, Josh was open about it. He still pretty much has made it clear that Clemson and Penn State are the top schools. Uh, yes, yeah. he included Tennessee, Virginia Tech, and North Carolina in there. Uh, and he'll, I'm sure, take some visits some tease some things but this is still penn state's recruitment to lose now uh with one thing i will say is that he does feel like he wants to take those official visits now so let's see how things get dragged out a little bit but i still feel good there penn state feels good there uh trout wine is is i think definitely has the best relationship with him franklin is probably has the best relationship from a head coach perspective so it looks good let's just see how it uh, progresses here and you know if he does take those official visits you got a couple months to go so let's see what happens and, and you know you know just hearing you talk about that you respect a kid who sees the emotion and feels it but then is mature enough to to know exactly maybe yeah. i don't want to do this because for the wrong reasons and i want to be sure about that that's that's a level of maturity that i think if you're penn state you're impressed by and it makes you you know that much more secure in this particular player so that's that's just a that's a great story thanks for sharing that with us here on the mm -hmm. daily and again if you want to read the full article and hear from uh from almost called him cam jordan on uh yeah uh we talked about oh, him already we, we already yeah. talked about him a lot. Uh, you can go sign up at, at On3 for just $1. You get 12 months for, uh, for just $1. And by the way, I did find a prop. This is my favorite pen. Okay. This pen costs $20. Oh, wow. That's an expensive pen, man. Yes, Jeez. it is. Yes, it, this is a handcrafted pen that I bought at a at a at uh, one of those trade fairs. You know, like one of those things around town that they had this summer. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was just a, a stand. The guy was making these pens, and, and I love the feel of nice things. You could <laughs> have 20 subscriptions uh. for how much I paid for this one pen. Just well, saying. if my one-year-old was here, he would probably snap it in half or draw it over the wall or eat it, for all I know. So just keep it away from, from my one-year-old. Yeah, that's and my, my my cats don't do any of those things, so that's good. Uh, Rodney Gallagher. Away. Now, yes. we've talked about Josh Miller. 
Rodney Gallagher, both guys super into the program uh, and seem to be very positive about everything that's going on. It felt like there was going to be some movement in 2023 with one of those guys. Do you expect either of them to make the decision uh, anytime soon? Kind of looking now after we heard about um. Josh at Rodney. I, I so Rodney's uh, teasing uh, something in early December, I believe. I forget the date off the head. I, I apologize. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, I believe it's like the second of December. Uh, but but I really don't. I think it'll just probably be top schools. Like from my conversations with him, he loves basketball. Everybody knows he has offers for both. I think him making a decision, you know, before or during basketball season is his way of rushing it, if that makes sense. You know, like he's he's going to focus on his basketball team uh, and do everything he needs to do there. And, hey, he might get some more basketballs, uh, basketball offers out of it too. And now I do think his interest is shifting towards football. Uh, my, my thought a couple months ago was that, like, yeah, he is truly 50-50. He truly wants to play both sports. I don't. I don't quite get that impression now. I, I now he did just finish up football season, so this may be the Lonnie White uh, situation where you know you play yeah. football, you love football; you play baseball, you love baseball. Yeah. Maybe that's kind of what I'm getting there. But I also get the feeling that uh, the schools that are recruiting him for football are pushing way harder than the schools for basketball, and and that might dictate his his recruitment a little bit more. I, I think he's gonna. I think once this film gets out there a little bit more, he just released it the other day. Uh, I think we're going to see more offers coming from him. But this is definitely Penn State's battle to lose. Again, I, I would probably expect a top 10 or a top 5, something like that, uh, for his announcement. Again, I, I really don't know that, but that's just just from my conversations with him, it, it always felt like springtime, get past basketball season, maybe take an official visit to in April or May if you're not ready. Uh, but springtime always makes way more sense for Rodney just from our previous conversation. And a quick tangent here, because one of the things that we've talked about this season is the lack of explosive plays and consistency in that. And I know the running game gets a lot of focus in that, but just from a holistic perspective of having explosive receivers in, in the program, having Rodney Gallagher in the future would certainly help that. I yes, I works. love his film. He is so yeah. fun to watch. And obviously, Penn State has a lot of explosive, super talented receivers in 2022. But that's the point. That receiver position, you need to have six of them. You need to have a bunch of guys. When you can start stacking those, that's when you get on a run, and that's when you get to be mm -hmm. really dangerous. So mm -hmm. it, it's, it's the Lonnie White thing, you mentioned him, That's that hurt quite a bit when it comes to the explosiveness and the ability to to keep that train rolling. Now, they've got to make sure one of these guys they have on the roster does step up and it becomes part of the group. But just in general, this receiver conversation is one that always has to keep happening. Rodney Gallagher is going to be at the forefront of that going forward. Final game, it's Rutgers. It's a noon game. It's a home game. Uh, what's the list look like? Any interesting names that you are highlighting for us tonight? Whew. Not a good one here. It's, it's so I kind of hit on this with with Greg uh, the other day. It's very walk one heavy, and we do see this towards the end of the year. You know, Penn State's been watching a, a ton of regional guys. You know, Pennsylvania, Maryland, New Jersey, a lot of guys who can play at that one double A level, uh, but haven't gotten offers. You know, the, quite the offers they want yet. Uh, and Penn State's going to try and get them to walk on. So you're gonna you're gonna see a, a big group of guys down there on Saturday. Uh, but a ton of them are potential walk-ons. And not that that's a bad thing. You know, there's there's a lot of guys like Trace Brown, for example, out of Reading, Brooks Catholic, decent player. Uh, Jack Capaldi's a, a good quarterback prospect. I believe he, he does have a couple offers. He has Penn, a um, couple others, I believe. I forget off the top of my head. I know Penn's one of them. Uh, oh, Bucknell and Georgetown, too. Th those are the other ones. 
Jackson Pritz, who I believe is Andrew Pritz's young brother. I don't know if you know who Andrew is, uh, T. Frank. He ended up going to Stanford. He was uh, almost committed or did commit to Penn State at one point, I believe, was back in the day. Uh, Robert Rossi from Scranton Prep. Uh, Colin Fendura from Danville. Just just a bunch of uh, walk-on names that uh, Penn State fans will probably get to know here in the, in the future. Uh, there is one 2022 player, Octavian Smith. Uh, he doesn't hold an offer from Penn State right now. He was previously a Northwestern commit. Uh, right now, he's a three-star on on three. Uh, Northwestern, yeah, like I said, he was previously committed to Northwestern. Right now, I feel like Maryland's probably the top school there. Pitt's in the mix. Boston College is in the mix. But Fill um, me on his he would position. Love to get oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he is a – oh, shoot, what is he? Um, oh, shoot. Is he a wide receiver? I believe I, he's – so we have him listed as an – no, no, he's a de- defensive back, I believe. Okay. We have him listed as an athlete, and I believe Penn State lists him there too. Uh, but I believe they're leaning defensive back with him. I apologize. Okay. I, I uh, but I, I heard that name come up with the receiver position, and that was kind of when, when they went with Amari Evans. That's kind of what I was interested to see how that kind of landed there. So that's that. That's why I was wondering what position specifically. Yeah, he's listed as an athlete. Um, I believe it's defensive back, but I, I okay. can get a better answer on that. I'll actually try and clarify that on the board then. So, uh, but on twenty twenty three, there will be a couple decent guys. Uh, Jamil Lyons is somebody I've talked about a bunch of times. He's a heck of a player, man. Six four, two forty, around four eight at Penn State, and a four five shuttle. And at two hundred forty pounds, that, that's really good and, and yep. a lot to work with there. And I've mentioned before, he does need to improve academically. But the, the great news is that I've heard a lot of positives, uh, especially as you know we get towards the end of the marking period here. The, the feedback I've received there is that he's moving in the right direction, and that's great. I hope he continues that because he has so much potential. Um, I would hate to see him have to go to the junior college route. But uh, a lot of positive talk there. And, and if he's able to get in the good spot, I have no doubts that Penn State will make him one of their top defensive tackle prospects because they really like what they saw from him uh, at camp back in the summer. So he's like the one 2023 scholarship guy that I know is going to be there. Uh, Eric Gardner out of Archbishop Wood is a, kind of a tweener. We have him at six foot, 220-ish right now. Uh, he, I like his film a lot. It's just kind of, is he big enough to play linebacker? Um, you know, is that I, to me, is he fast enough to play linebacker, big enough to play defensive end? Like, there's just kind of some questions there that I think Penn State will want to get worked out. Um, but he's kind of 50 50 at the moment. Uh, I'm trying to 100% lock down what he plans to do. I know Penn State's expecting him, but um, I got I to gotta confirm with him still. And then Quentin Martin's the 2024 prospect. I've, I've, I've said before, you know, Penn State source told me one time that he's the best player in Pennsylvania since Michael Parsons. So, that that's a that's a quote that I will uh, probably run well, a thousand then. times over the next year. Yeah, he's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, that I'm the one regret I have this season is not getting out to Belvern and, and seeing Quentin Martin. So I, I'm hoping that they are able to beat Thomas Jefferson this weekend because if they are, um, I'm going to maybe try and um, you know see him see him at some point here. Maybe the WPIA finals. Although actually, I'll be in Harrisburg for Thanksgiving for that, so that's not going to work. But I'm going to figure out somehow. <laughs> Uh, to get the Western PA. Hopefully they make it to the state semifinals. I could watch him in Altoona. But he's just a player. If you live out in Western PA, go and see Quentin Martin. Uh, I think he's really going to blow up here in the months ahead. So Penn State's hoping to get him on campus. Uh, but, again, he has a big playoff game Friday night. We'll see what happens. Uh, and that's really that's really pretty much it right now. We know Abdul Carr will be there. Beaufort Beale will be there. But um, this list is looking pretty light on talent. Actually, I'm sorry. I know you want to talk. There's one other guy I do need to mention, and that's Sam Pendleton. He's an offensive lineman from – uh, North Carolina, Michigan just offered not that long ago. Uh, he's got Louisville, NC State, Duke, 
so Penn State's trying to get him on campus, get to know him a little bit better. We have him at 6'4", 276 at the moment. Uh, so I'm kind of curious, is he a guard? Is he a tackle? Uh, to me, he's probably a little bit under that. He might be a little, you know, 6'3", 6'4". So uh, just trying to get a feel for where he stands and his size, and then that'll help Penn State on, and whether they move with him or they move for an offer uh, moving forward. Uh, speaking of moving forward, you ready to do this? Yeah, let's we'll make best bets quick this week. And I, I've first off, okay, so we have won four weeks in a row, which is great. Uh, that means we're doomed here. We're doomed for a bad <laughs> week, basically. I don't uh, believe that. You, I know that Greg was uh, pinch hitting for you last week, but you were on a great. roll. So we're we got this thing rolling. I always knew you had it in you. <laughs> Thirty-seven to twenty-seven, man. I, I, I there. I kind of just want to pick like one game a week from here on out, so I have a good record <laughs> to finish. But uh, I can't take the cowards way out, right? So yeah, uh, we'll start with uh, Vanderbilt Ole Miss here this week. Uh, basically, I'm I'm going to take the under in this game. I have okay. the, uh, the 36 and a half there listed. The over under, I believe, is 63 and a half. I apologize, I don't have it from me. Let me try to pull it up here. Uh, but my my thought just behind this is that. Uh, Ole Miss had a huge game last week. It's 64 and a half, excuse me. Uh, Ole Miss had a huge game last week, uh, beating Texas A&M, and they beat up on them pretty good. And now they're going to have Mississippi State the uh, upcoming week uh, for the Egg Bowl. So this is just kind of in a weird spot here. Is this kind of this kind of feels like a game where you know you get up 28, 30, and you kind of just run out the clock the second half. So. For me, uh, I'll, I'll take the under 64 and a half here uh, in, in the old Miss Vanderbilt game. I just, you know, call off the dogs on this one, get to the egg bowl. You know, you're coming off. It's just one of those spot kind of games, man. Yeah. Where you're coming off a huge win. You got another big game next week. You know, you're going to beat Vanderbilt. It's just how bad do you want to beat them? And, you know, now they're not really in the, in the mix for the college football playoff. Uh, this feels like a, a spot where they can put the backups in in the second half, yeah. run the clock out. Not a trap game, not a trap game, but a game you're not going to win by 30 because you're not trying to win by 30. You're just trying yeah, to get well, I mean, through could, that game. Well, they could win by 30 because Vanderbilt isn't going to score much. And that's kind of why yeah. I like the under here too. It's all To me, it's all about how much is Ole Miss going to score. Mm -hmm. And if Ole Miss takes the foot off the gas in the second half, which by the way, I mean, I've, we've talked about these Ole Miss over-unders all year. I mean, they're, they've been pretty high and they haven't, I don't, I'd like to, I don't believe they've hit. Uh, I think they've fallen under the majority of the time. So uh, I'll just I'll take the under here again. Just this feels like a situation where you can get up big, you can sit your starters and rest up before the Egg Bowl. Which, by the way, the Egg Bowl. What a great, what a great rivalry. Name, <laughs> uh, Virginia, Virginia at Pitt, Pitt coming off a weird game where it downpours in overtime. Uh, what are you looking at this one? Pitt a fourteen and a half point favorite yeah, at home give me virginia getting 14 and a half i oh, like this right one. i like this one a lot because virginia can put up some points man and yeah. and Pitt can score too but uh these are just always those spots where Pitt just kind of lays an egg actually <laughs> lays, egg an egg bowl, bowl. lays an egg bowl yeah, yeah. like it um yeah i just i just think this is too many points yeah virginia's been hit and miss at times this year uh, but but they can put up some points here. I mean, the over-under is 66, so they're, they're expected to, to score. And, um, you know, I, I expect Kenny Pickett to get his fair share too. But, um, yeah, I just I like I like Virginia getting the points here. I'm not going to try and drag this out this week, but I thought that was a good play. UCLA, we're back on UCLA this week. A, yeah, a three-point favorite at USC. You yeah, keep riding with Chip. <laughs> back on those brewers, baby. Uh, yeah, just, I mean, look, this is simple to me. UCLA's strength 
is their offensive line and their defensive line. They're a very physical team uh, for for Pac-12 standards, and and that's yeah. that's helped them in some games, and that's how, that's hurt them in some games too when they when they get behind. Uh, but the USC's uh, weakness is that's where they lack. You know, they, yeah. they can't get any push, and they, and their their defensive line and their linebackers get pushed around all the time. So yeah, I'll I'll lay three here with UCLA. I think they're a much better team. I haven't seen anything from USC in recent weeks. Uh, to show me that they are motivated after their coach being fired. So yep. um, I just, you know, it's at USC, but what what's a home field advantage for USC out right now? You know, there's there's that's not that's nothing to me. So uh, I thought the spread was too low, man. I thought this should have been like minus six or so for UCLA, maybe even getting closer to touchdowns. So when I saw three, I bet this way earlier in the week. It just like feels like it, it feels like a rivalry score. Like you want to have you want to have UCLA yeah. USC be a good game, so you make it kind of close. And you've, you're expecting USC to get up for this game, but without Drake London and and no defense to speak of, yeah, I I agree with you there. San Diego State, they're at UNLV. Minus yeah. 10 and a half. What are you looking yeah. at here? So UNLV's won two in a row, I believe, or is it two of the last three? I think it's two in a row. They beat Hawaii and uh, who was it the week before? I forget. Maybe New Mexico State. I forget who. But, uh, okay, so UNLV's getting, you know, starting to get a little momentum. And their their spreads, I, I think, like, Las Vegas is starting to give them a little bit of respect. And San Diego State's not the team to do that against. Uh, minus 10 and a half here. It just feels really low to me. I mean, San Diego State's been a quality team all year. Uh, yeah, UNLV's better than what their record shows, but, you know, they're still one of the worst teams in Power 5, or, excuse me, uh, Division 1, F- FBS. I can't think of the name right there. Uh, they're well, still one like, of the worst teams in FBS. It's kind of like uh, Game of Thrones. There's three or four different pseudonyms for it, so <laughs> just pick whichever one, you know? Yeah. Anyway, FBS. But uh, yeah, I just I, I think this is to, to me this should be a minus fourteen, minus fifteen kind of kind of spread here. I, I was really surprised that this is ten and a half. Uh, I would bet this now too. Like I don't see any way this ends at ten and a half come Saturday at eleven thirty. This is the late night game too. This is for the real degenerates out there trying to get their money back at midnight, baby. Uh, I twelve after after dark. It's in yeah, the middle. I will be asleep. But. Uh, but I but I like it, uh, and I like I played it already personally. So uh, I I got it at ten and a half earlier in the week. It's still there now. But to me, like I don't see any way this isn't eleven and a half uh, come come Saturday night when everybody jumps on San Diego State. So I just I I think you want to. Oh, the one thing with San. Oh, the one thing with uh, the one actual stat I had this week, and you can tell I haven't put a ton of stats together this week. But the one stat I did is uh, San Diego State's rushing defense is uh, I think it's like sixteenth in rushing success rate, and that's all. That's been everything for UNLV the last two weeks. I mean, they're, yeah. they're running back ran for like 260 yards. Last well, that's week, how so. both of these teams are built. So that makes sense. Yeah. That, you know, strength on weakness or strength on strength. Mm-hmm. And, and San Diego State's the better team there. Uh, so quick sure. recap. Give me just what you're picking in each game before we get to Rutgers at Penn State to have our final game of the week. So here's the lineup. Yeah. Tell me what you're what you're playing in each game. Yeah, so I will take uh, the under 64.5 in Vanderbilt Old Miss. I just feel like this is one of those games where Old Miss can get up quick. They got a big one next week. They got to, you know, get a little bit of rest after a tough one last week with Texas A&M or a physical one, we'll say, uh, so they can get up big here, call off the dogs in late in the third and into the fourth. Uh, I like Virginia getting 14.5. I like that might be my favorite play of the week of these ones. Uh, just I, Virginia can score, man, and and Pitt usually kind of plays down a competition, and sometimes I feel like this is an opportunity for them to do that here. Uh, so 14 and a half is uh, give me two touchdowns all day, 
Um, UCLA, USC, again, UCLA, their strength is their interior uh, offensive line can can really get some push. And USC's uh, defensive line and linebackers get pushed around all day. So I just I feel like in the second half, they'll be able to take control. And UNLV stinks. Uh, yeah, okay, they won two in a row, but they're, they're still one of the bottom teams in FBS. And uh, SDSU, San Diego State, uh, is, is, is a top team still fighting for, uh, you know, to, to be – they won't be the um, group of five representative. That, that would be Cincinnati. But they should still get to a quality bowl, and they're having a heck of a season. So 10.5, that just feels short to me. That should be a, a two-touchdown kind of spread. So here's the game. Rutgers at Penn State. Penn State a 17-point favorite at home. Ooh. Feels high, right? Really high. Yeah. Way so you're 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 playing Rutgers to to cover the spread. Never playing Rutgers in real life. But, <laughs> um, so I think I'm gonna. Yeah, I think this is too high. I mean, okay. if you're gonna yeah. play it, I would take Rutgers. But I mean, I'll take the under. I just Penn State's kind of slept walk through this game the last couple of years, especially in the first half, and I just haven't seen anything in recent weeks that makes me think they're going to get up for this. And yes, they will pull away in the end like they always do. But those first halves between Rutgers and Penn state have just been like miserable to watch the last two years. And, you know, until, until that trend is bucked, um, I'll, I'll go with the under. I mean, to me, this feels like a 24, 10, maybe, maybe yeah. a little higher than that. Um, yeah. Maybe 31, 10 kind of game, but uh, you know, 46 and a half. I just, I, first of all, how many how many points is Rutgers is going to score? They going to get lot. to fourteen? I mean, I, I think fourteen is their max. Yeah, uh, yeah, so. I, w- I would agree with that. The the Penn State defense is better at every level of the field. Rutgers doesn't throw the ball down the field. They have no explosive weapons. And this is the thing I've been saying all week: is like uh, the, their quarterback is the first mobile quarterback that Penn State's seen all year, like a true dual threat. But he's also mm-hmm. the worst passer. So that's the only thing. The only thing working in their favor is that they're not going to be able to go against the strength of Penn State's defense. That mm-hmm. being said, they don't really have a strength on offense. They're not, like Pacheco is a good running back. They they have 17 players that have carried the ball for them so far this season. Some of them trick plays, some yeah. of this, but like they're clearly searching for stuff on offense. And then on defense, yeah. Penn State does not care to run the football. And they have they have systemic problems in their secondary as far as guys with busted coverages or that just straight aren't good. So as long mm-hmm. as Penn State has five healthy offensive linemen to put out there, this should be a this should be a big win, maybe one of Penn State's only blowout wins. But without that critical information of Rasheed Walker is going to play or if Caden Wallace is going to play, I don't feel confident saying that they're going to win by seventeen points. I just there's no yeah. way I can feel confident about that. I'll take the under. That's just like yeah. a coward's way of not picking against <laughs> Penn State and just what we've seen for a couple of weeks. So hopefully I'll go uh, four and one this week, and this will be my loss. And uh, you know it'll be a somewhat entertaining game, but. I feel like the under 46 and a half is the coward's way out of this bet. I'll take a loss if I have to, the, the, to not piss off Penn State fans. <laughs> well, let's let's do it. Let's end the week on a whimper because I'm not going to give any more analysis either. That's the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, I'm Thomas Frank Carr, our recruiting insider and our personal sharp Ryan Snyder with us. Ending the week the right way. Thanks, Ryan. Hey, man. Sorry I wasn't on last week. Happy to be back. We're happy to have you back, and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll have you back We'll have to see what we're doing with Thanksgiving next week. We're not promising anything because it's Thanksgiving. Ooh, true. So we're gonna have we're gonna have to figure that part out. But we'll do that off camera. I'll, right now we're gonna. I'll send be doing you- it from my boyhood uh, bedroom, buddy. I got like. Uh- <laughs> 
like sports uh okay you'll see it next week we'll talk about it Goodbye. all right so we'll be back tomorrow with the bwi live show i'm your host thomas frank carr talk to you then